tie. I'm loose. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I'm Hannah. Yeah. And I'm loose. And this is Rhyme. Okay. We're so curious. We're so curious. We want to learn. We love to talk. And connect. And listen. That's true. So here we are, listening to you. With a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, we're lifelong learners. We want to know you. Let's rhyme, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's rhyme, baby. Let's rhyme, baby. Today on our podcast, we have a very special guest, Rupan Gill. And we have Luce again, zooming, zoom, zooming in from Holland. And me, Hannah, here in Costa Rica still. And we're really, really excited to speak with our dear friend. Um, it's really funny the way that we all met. So that will be how we start. And then, um, yeah, and then we'll just have some, some fun. We'll rhyme together. Um, Rupan, I'm, I'm curious about your memory of meeting, of meeting uh, Luce and I. Because Luce and I, we had already met, right? And we were traveling through Portugal and then Spain and then Morocco. Q-U. So I'm just curious about your perspective about when we all met. What do you remember from that? Oh my God. Uh, well, the, the first word, well, first of all, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, have been listening to you guys and your, your rhyming. Um, super proud, the two of you. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's so interesting because I was in Morocco traveling on my own. And, uh, you know, it was in like essentially waking up in the morning. That was the first night that I was there, came down and saw all you guys. It was the two of you with two guys. And the energy, I just remember being like, wow, this, the aura that I was like, these people feel just really beautiful. I mean, that was all, like, I felt that. I didn't know how it was going to go. You guys were all chatting. I was on one side of the table having my breakfast on my own and thought that that's all I was going to do. <laughs> and then for some reason, I think we started chatting, like you guys were chatting with the two guys and, and the two of you were like chatting and I just thought you were all friends traveling together, the four of you, but you also met those other two guys, I think that, that day. Um, and I think like one thing led to another and we just started chatting and we all, I felt like an immediate connection. And, uh, Normally, being a very type A personality, I had my day completely planned out. Like, okay, I was supposed to check out of that hotel to go to another place. I think you guys were also leaving that place to go somewhere else. And I was like, okay, I want to go surfing. Like, da, 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 all these plans. And then I remember us just like lounging in, in like our, our time together. None of us really wanted to leave, right? Like, it was yeah. so. It was so. I even remember recounting that moment to like friends of mine and there's just moments in your life like that you have that are unforgettable. And that was like a moment for me. And I felt like, you know, um, yeah, even now I feel like emotional. I know, I'm getting chills. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like you feel like, you know, there's like when you're always like, you know, people say like you want to attract that energy out there. So you, bring it in like the tribe that you want around you when I was with you guys that day so essentially for the audience we ended up spending that 20 like the rest of that day and the night together and we just had like really interesting conversation 
uh, did an impromptu yoga class with Hannah, who was an amazing yoga teacher. Um, and then, and I was all like looking out at the, the beautiful sea in Morocco, like it was just paradise. I remember with Liz, we were having like just really profound conversations. Like it was not, we like kind of cut the BS, which I really appreciated. And then I had to go to check in and then you guys were like, okay, cool. And you guys still stayed at that place. And then I, I have this beautiful photo. I think you guys remember of like, there was four or five of you and I took it of the sunset in the back. And then we were like, I came back and then we were doing a sunset together. And then we finally moved and had dinner together. And, uh, and there was like music playing. I remember and that other uh, hotel that you guys ended up staying at. Mm-hmm. And then we had to part ways. <laughs> and that was the first time I met you. And the last time I saw you in person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And now here we are seeing each other again after two years. It's so crazy because that moment for me and my memory, it's like, oh yeah, we traveled for like weeks together, but it it was just not even 24 hours because we slept too. So (laughs) exactly. So exactly. Yeah. But like you said, it it was, and I remember recounting that moment as well, honestly, a, a lot and thinking like, it was like this strange vortex of energy, right? It was like, none of us wanted to leave each other's presence and whatever was happening was just so organic and beautiful and natural and we were just connected in that way you know for for no reason for all the reasons like whatever right and um and uh that actually i think that loose you can add in what you think here but i i would say like for for us for loose and i that was probably one of the experiences in that time we were traveling together where we were like starting to put the seeds in for rhyme right because we were like look what happens when you come into community with people who are open and who want to connect and exchange information and just without any effort right so much not necessarily healing but like so much sharing and opening and rearranging and inspiring happened right because we were just all in that space we're kind of like wow that that was powerful right um yeah, super. Super yeah, and vulnerable it, too. Mm-hmm. Super vulnerable, very open, and ultra connectedness, you know. And for me, and also for you, Anna, I think is in that moment and many moments after that, this is where we felt the most ourselves too. And it's like, hey, it's not only what we want to do as a job or, you know, like we want to contribute and that's also very much for the other, but how we feel doing these kinds of things in community that like it's lighting us up. It's like our souls are fully present, Mm -hmm. you know, like we are fully surrounded by our presence, you know, Mm -hmm. like because mostly we identify with our bodies, but I believe our bodies in our is they live in our souls you know mm-hmm. so that moment it felt like that we we're like one big group of energy almost and we we're so connected so this is sort of also the beginning of rhyme like hey this is the rhyme feeling you know like uh, my ultimate rhyme feeling is when this happens uh-huh. yeah 100 percent. and one other thing just so i want to share is that when i was with you guys and i left that i felt that that and this is something I'm working on now and it's continuing evolution is to like truly live and be your most authentic self. 
and I mean, it's massive compliment to you guys, and I hope you hear this, is that for me in your presence, and I think that the, those are the folks that are considering or, you know, being part of the rhyme or the retreat, like, I really felt like my true authentic self, like your that energy, maybe you guys felt it too, for, like you're saying, like they felt, yeah, there's no pretending. And that felt really good, you know, like I, and, and that's what I want more of. That's what I want to cultivate in my life more. And like, you know, in my own work, in my own, the people that I have around me, like that's what I want to inspire. So, um, you know, attachment is not always a good thing, but I am, I am definitely attached to that moment still. Mm. And I think it's just like a beautiful moment that we've shared and I'm grateful for it. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you for, for mentioning that. Yeah. That means a lot. Yeah. That means a lot. And I think for me, it's like if you talk about attachment, you're going to be attached to experiences and see it for for different reasons. Like you can see it like, hey, I'm taking a lot of love from that experience or in that way, being attached in that way to an experience that is rhyme for us, right? So you recycle your experiences every day into something new. So if you say like, hey, I am I am inspired by this moment that I lived through like two years ago, and it, it's giving me power and energy to move on and to show myself my authentic self over and over again. That is rhyming. That is recycling your mindset. Really? It's like, yeah, cultivating energy from past experiences. This is what we do every day subconsciously. So if you do it consciously with experiences like this, there, there is where the power lies, right? 100%. Yeah. Well, I have a very vivid memory of you too. Like we were sitting on a couch. You were very open about your life and about your challenges and about the pain, but also how you get over that and just move through life and that for me was very inspiring you touched me greatly with your openness and it's like hey talking about what you do because we haven't mentioned that before right like what you do and the way you are giving yourself to your job and and all that that was you touched me deeply mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yeah you are an, an inspiring woman mm -hmm. so much yeah yeah really true you talked about yeah. it many times so true yeah and you mentioned um you know this feeling of authenticity that was inspiring to you and that you're trying to cultivate now for your own uh, life for your personal experience but also through your work so i'm curious if you could share a little bit about how you hope to share authenticity with the women that you're working with and talk a little bit about uh, what you're what you're creating and contributing yeah, no, definitely. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> I don't know if you guys remember because what, that was in 2019, pre-pandemic when I met you guys. I think it was uh, November. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, I was in this holding pattern. I was waiting to go to Yemen for my visa too, right? And that was one of the reasons why I just said, okay, I'm going to go to Morocco for like a week and surf as I'm waiting. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, there's many hats that I wear as you guys both know. So I am an obstetrician gynecologist and, and an abortion provider and also helping women with their you know contraceptive and family planning needs. I've worked for Doctors Without Borders, um, spent time in Yemen, Northern Nigeria, did stuff with WHO. But my real passion, and I think it's kind of like 
you guys, where you're, you start, you're starting Rhyme, I felt like there was all these experiences that I've had and I, I wanted to bring that together and take the good from all those things and, and basically like lead my own organization that is very like female um, led, female centered. And so that led us to um, co-creating Vitella Global, which is with my one of my very good friends, dear friend Genevieve Tam, and her and I have been friends for maybe 10 years. And her and I both also walk this path of wanting to kind of lead our own organization, but in a sense that helps people feel like they own it as well. So at Vitala, what we are doing, and I and I absolutely love it. Like, you know, I wake up every morning and I'm like, oh, like I'm so grateful. Like if I'm feeling like bad, you know, I'm trying to remind myself like, or if I have anxiety, like, oh, I'm not making enough money or I've taken a pay cut. Like, you know, uh, because I am, I'm kind of like living this different life than a lot of my friends that are doing, you know, obstetrics and gynecology full time. And so I have the, a lot of this anxiety around it, but then I have to remind myself, but no, okay, look, like I'm getting to do what I love every day and, and, and doing it with amazing people. So at Vitala quickly, like we are co-creating digital solutions with, with women and girls. Um, I'm going to say women and girls, we are gender inclusive. Just, I just want to say that, just point that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with communities like, you know, very grassroots local feminist organizations and our projects are the main one we're working on right now is in Venezuela, but we have a lot of work in Canada as well. So people that are very challenging contacts, folks that are marginalized. Uh, and so in Venezuela, for those of the audience that doesn't know, Venezuela is going through a very uh, complex humanitarian crisis. So for me, I'm very interested that if they really want to address the inequities that exist, especially around women and girls, maternal mortality, issues around access to abortion, contraception, gender-based violence, we have to look at the places where the issues are the worst. And then humanitarian crises, that's where the highest numbers of maternal mortalities are happening. Um, and in Venezuela, for example, and vast majority of places where humanitarian crisis happens, the the law is very restrictive too, and the culture is a lot more is like not as um, conducive to to women's empowerment. Um, so we're work, and it's so interesting because I'm working in this sort of chaotic ecosystem, but there's so much like parallel beauty because like I was reflecting before coming on and chatting with you two about this is that. Like, there's so many moments that I've had like tears in my eyes. So what we've done is co-created this app with women and girls, over a thousand Venezuelan women. And this is all through the time of the pandemic. We did it all remotely. Um, and with over a dozen grassroots organizations and our grassroots organizations and our team is growing, which is so beautiful to see because they're all Venezuelan. So like, yes, we're the international organization coming in, but we're solely facilitating and allowing people like you asked Hannah to like, we're trying to bring out their what their like authentic selves, like their what they need, what they want, what they building their capacity, but not just saying we're building our capacity, right? Like putting putting investment into into their um, uh, into allowing them to be their true selves. So um, we built this app, Aya Contigo. Aya is basically like a, a doula, I would like to say, or an accompanier, like in the in the. Latin American community of abortion care, and also in, in, in like North America as well, there's accompaniers that accompany women physically like through a safe abortion. And so what we've done, and this was all through our partners as well, is like basically it's a virtual accompanier and basically takes a woman right from the beginning to the end, supporting her so that she can actually self-manage her own abortion. And then also the contraception piece as well. 
And right now we're actually working on um, building our virtual care team. So actually we realized when we tested the app that uh, we need to have live support. And this is another thing that I think connects to what we're talking about, about community. Mm -hmm. uh, digital health and apps are great, but they're not, they're not the panacea. They're not the solution because we need human connection. We need, we need uh, in healthcare, I, I even want to say like with the pandemic, everybody was like, oh, things are virtual. This is great. And that. No, like I've even seen like people need that uh, be able to talk to somebody to feel like someone's caring for them. So the app was excellent, but then we also had a virtual support component and that virtual support component connects. We realized not only connects us to the women themselves, but us connects us to the grassroots partners and really connects them to one another. Mm. So this has really um, been really beautiful and we're building that team. So we have like, now we're building our community engagement team. That's we're very focused on making sure that they're all Venezuelan. Um, and then we're also building our Aya Care team, which is our virtual counselors, and they're Venezuelan, and they're both led by Venezuelans that are migrants to different countries. And so just to uh, highlight again, like for us, for me, there's no, I always say this to our team, I don't have an ego around or this attachment around that Aya is Vitalis, right? For me, it's more important that we're showing through our work that it's possible to have built capacity in these communities and for women specifically and to be able to design quality solutions mm. you know even in humanitarian settings wow unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> like what's that yeah what's that? Silence. <laughs> wow yeah like the connection the connection didn't uh flicker we're just speechless <laughs> <laughs> yeah so speechless i mean this is what i remember too just listening to you and your story and being so of awe of what you do and the first thing that comes to mind is like where does this drive come from because when you talk about this it's like your eyes lit up you're like fully there you're like talking about authentic self right like you're creating that while talking only talking so where is this drive coming from where is it coming from that's such a good question. You know, I've been like working a lot on and, and thinking about it's, it's so interesting because like when I was talking, I felt it was coming so much from my heart, like this heart, you know, and Hannah, you probably can re like relate because you're a yoga teacher, but the whole heart centered when you're teaching and you have some themes around heart centered practices and living a life that's from a heart centered place. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of things lately that that theme has come up. And even now when I was just like speaking to you about it, I could feel it. Like I could feel like, and normally I don't, feel like I'm always like talking about it and I'm really passionate about it. But today actually it's interesting because it's, I'm in presence of the two of you, but, um, I think this drive has been there for me for like so long. Like if I think about, uh, cause this question has come up before and, you know, I think I've been super motivated and super, super driven to do this type of work since I was like super young. You know, I think even before medical school, even before my undergrad, uh, you know, I went to an all girls high school. Um, and even then I was a little bit of a black sheep, I have to say like, yes, you know, I played a lot of sports. I was super, you know, outgoing and things like that. But I have this very like introverted nature as well. And I, and I when I think back at myself, I think I was always really deeply reflective of like, 
the world and what's happening. And I come from like, you know, I'm South Asian, I'm Indian, and I come from a community that also has uh, a lot of challenges around gender dynamics. So I think when I really reflect on it is that I likely when I was very young, even like my mom, I mean, she was 19 when she got married. She comes from a family with five sisters, no brothers. And that, you know, in my culture, having a son is so important. So you can imagine my mom, I think there's a lot of like ancestral stuff that I've been really reflecting on. And I think that seeing like the women in my community, the women in my family, some of the gender dynamics around that, you know, imparts upon you. And it re- you start to reflect. And, and I think I've always been a little bit of a re- rebel. So I've always been like, okay, like, I don't like this, you know? And I think I've, I noticed that when I was really young, like I, I, I want to make change in this. So the, the change I wanted to make was first in my own community, my own family, in my own. And then slowly, slowly, like, you know, even when I was at my high school and then when I went to undergrad, I was always seeking those opportunities and those mentors that would allow me to um, learn more, explore more, understand the world more, but from the perspective of why is it that we have inequities for women? Like, why is it that this happens? So now that I'm, you know, 15 years out of school and like working and stuff, and I'm mentoring people, I actually tell them the same, like really, rather than going somewhere and doing like a one week medical mission, be curious and like look back at your like what is it that's driving you and like understand the, the why is it these inequities exist read lots talk to people understand people you know um and that's actually sorry that's one thing too that i think drives me is that and that's why like i love being the one who's kind of leading and co-creating my own organization is that i love talking to people mm-hmm. and i mean i love understanding women like you know and uh, their challenges and like I that's why since I was super young I've worked in many different countries mm-hmm. I love the different cultures like it's just something that's so innately in, embedded in me it's feel it's like dharma mm-hmm. you know it's just mm-hmm. this is what I'm meant to meant to do mm-hmm. you're calling mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I love that um that phrase you said be curious right this like you can in, that's how the three of us even connected in the first place right but that that curiosity that leads to so much, um, so much space and creation, right? Um, so, yeah, it's just really beautiful to hear you talk about. You know, I can you can sense the energy through the screen of like, yeah, just be curious and talk to people and do stuff, right? Just go do it, right? But that, it's <laughs> um, not easy, right? So, like, what Luce was asking, where does it come from? How did you learn it? Um, so. If you were to say, so you kind of described the way that you came to it now, talking about maybe your childhood, your culture, your family, and your experience as an adult. And then now, as you reflect on all of these things, what is the way that you practice it? Like, you, you kind of have awareness, right, of these characteristics of, like, be curious and talk to people. So is there a personal practice that you have that um, that helps you to kind of like stay in rhyme with yourself and then with your, with your mission, with your, with your path? That's such a good question. I love that because that's kind of like, uh, yeah, I really love that. I need to like take a moment to absorb that question. I love that question. Um, you know, I mean, like as we're chatting, like it's so funny because like 
you know, it's, it is hard. This work is hard. The process is hard. I've chatted with both of you separately about this too, because I always feel like, because I am going against the grain, so it can be really tough. Uh, sometimes you want to give up, right? Because I'm, I'm not doing what my family expected I was going to be doing. And, you know, um, so there's, so I need to have a personal practice that keeps me centered and grounded. And I will be honest, like, over the last year, I haven't been as grounded because there's just been, I know for myself in this work requires a lot of giving mm-hmm. of yourself and um, reminding, I have to remind myself it's okay to come back to myself and self-care and self-love and it's not selfish when you are working in this work of being a, an abortion provider, a doctor in general, or a activist or humanitarian. Because in, in this work, you are giving a lot. So for me, since I was super young, again, since like, actually I had my first journal, 94, 1994. That is one of my things, like I, my, my diario, 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 is that in Spanish how you say it? Or is it a journal? <laughs> I say it to my Something partner. like that. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, um, I have so many of them. That's what I do, I write. That helps me to stay centered and, and rhyme with myself. You know, um, I think it was in 2019, right before I met you guys, that I had put into onto paper that I wanted to be leading my own organization, had like actually written exactly what I wanted it to be. So cool. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Liz and Hannah are fist pumping, so you guys, you guys see that. <laughs> um, but truly, the power of manifestation, I have to say, you write it and it happens, right? Uh, even... I've always wanted to be able to be a bit of a digital, like work from anywhere, wanting to be in a beautiful place. Like I'm a woman of the sea. So Mm -hmm. that's another way that keeps me centered. I need to be by the ocean. Um, Yoga and meditation. Historically, I used to be, again, coming back to my type A fiery personality. um, I do a lot of, I work out. That's another way to center me. But what I know really helps me is doing the opposite of building my fire, which is, meditation, yin yoga. Took me a long time to understand that, you know, because I was like, vinyasa, Mm -hmm. power, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, because, but uh, slowly as I'm getting older and more wise, um, I'm realizing that, (laughs) yeah, like I think what serves me more is to do, is to slow down, is to do the, like that can kind of like bring, come back to me. And I was just sharing with my my co-founder, my dear friend, Jen, yesterday. I want to bring that to our team. Like, I want us to, in, like, monthly meetings for 30 minutes, like, not talk about work, but do something that is related to centering us, to, like, talk about gratitude or joy or even do a meditation together. Mm -hmm. Because then that will allow me to also stay consistent in my practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I find consistency comes sometimes can be challenging. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, and as a, as a mental health provider like, uh, and physical, you, you really should have like, this practice that is so profound because otherwise you're going to give, give, give and you lose yourself. Right? Like, I can imagine that you are dealing with, uh, with very heavily like, emotions of people and especially in like, countries that are... That are with a with a difficult context like you say mm-hmm. i mean that must influence your body and your system in, yeah intensely too right 
So that, when when you feel that, what do you do? Like in that in a moment of like, boom, like overwhelm. Uh, so <laughs> I am not perfect. I'm just like you know I I love because I know with you too I can be so honest and we can have these conversations. Uh, I'm still working on that. I have to tell you, like the last year, something that's been really interesting that I think. There's like, I feel like I'm in this moment in life right now where I'm like at a climax because I've had so much rage and anger. And I think, and it's coming out more than ever has. I think like, but it's stuff I think when I was younger, you know, when you're, when you're things that you face and things, but now I'm noticing in my adult life, like it comes out so much. And I, I was reflecting on that. And I think, uh, I underestimate, I will say, I think I've underestimated, um, the impact of the work I've done, but also because I have worked in very challenging contexts. Like I was stuck in Yemen during the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was supposed to leave in March and then did not know and had to manage and a lot of uncertainty and couldn't, couldn't get out until eventually June. And, uh, and this is a country where, you know, your, your, the health system is not very good. COVID is like all over the world and, um, the, uh, and there's war. So we had like airstrikes and things like that all the time. And I'm dealing with maternal death and I was on call 24 seven. But I think like, that's where I think I still have a lot of work to do. Like I, I want to be honest about it because I think like there's, I, I think I do a lot already in terms of trying to work on my inner self, but um, it's always been easy for me. And I think that people probably can relate to this is that, uh, you can sometimes avoid dealing with those emotions by working even more mm -hmm. and giving yeah. more, right? So mm -hmm. I'm trying to um, reflect on that mm -hmm. and like be like, okay, it's okay. Like even me, like taking four or five days off, I feel guilt. Mm -hmm. I need to address mm -hmm. that and say it's okay. I shouldn't be guilty for resting, right? Right. Um, because then the implications of not rest then show up in anger or rage or annoyance of something minuscule, mm -hmm. but it's because I haven't really addressed the issues. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to lose yourself in your work. If, if it, if it's involving other people's health, right? Like, and, and they depending on you and also having your routine, like you say, it's perfect, but it's, definitely different when you're under a lot of stress like you said right like then riding with yourself it's a bigger challenge because we are autopilot more than we are consciously choosing how we respond mm -hmm. right so a lot of respect mm -hmm. to do that but at, at the same time like your mental health care is so important right mm -hmm. and, and it's so important that you the the owner of this company has awareness around this because you can spread this mm -hmm. It's yeah. news. It's not news, but it's old, right? So yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so beautiful. Thank you for and sharing also, all of that and just for being yeah. yeah, vulnerable and open and it's something I think a lot of people can relate I I know a lot of people can relate to, right? Um and it's this funny paradox as well when you're doing work that you love because you love it. So um even more um of a practice to set boundaries and create that space to keep keep yourself in harmony right so that you can keep living your life with that mm -hmm. ease and that purpose of yeah for you giving and helping and supporting changing the this the health systems i mean your work is huge 
totally. I, you know, I, I talked, I've been speaking a lot about Vitala, but like, you know, I've even been reflecting so much. So yeah, we do a lot of work on building these tools for women and girls around abortion care and contraception. So we have a Canadian side too, like my post care, which we created. But uh, another area that I am really interested in and wanting to work on, which is very silenced, is women who experience pregnancy loss. So we're working on a project related to that. And you can only imagine like also a lot of the, there's so many, you know, it's so interesting when I'm chatting with the two of you that the, and I think that's why we connect as well, is that though our work, all of our work is different, the thread that connects us, I feel, is also this um, deep desire to bring in that like healing and self-care and like getting at the root of, of, um, so the emotional pieces mm-hmm. um, for people, right? Like even though I'm in the healthcare space, you know, um, there's it, it's still that desire is there, similar to what you guys wanted are doing too, right? About mm-hmm. like rhyming and the yoga meditation and a lot of the self care work that has been done. So I think that's really that's really cool. Yeah, the thread of of just allowing people to maybe have a. Um, um, a deeper awareness of their wholeness, right? So whatever that means, like like you said, we're coming at it from so many different realms, but it's always available, right? That's what's so beautiful about it is it's just these little uh, practices or awareness shifts and it could be, you know, education about reproductive health um, or activism mm-hmm. around that or, yeah, like you said, sitting in meditation or like you said, we're all women of the sea. So jumping in the water and just returning to the element and sharing that experience just with yourself or with someone else. So all these different ways um, that we can um, practice. Yeah. 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 Well, um, curious if you had any questions for us. Um, Anything you're curious about? It's okay if you don't. I mean. No, 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 I do. Actually, one thing I was reflecting on as we were chatting, and I would love your guys' uh, what you have reflected on together about this, but like uh, working with the ego, you know, uh, because we did like earlier we talked like Liz, you were saying about uh, attachment and it's okay and for us to be attached to our experiences and things like that. Um, I would love to hear, yeah, like in terms of your like a little bit more for me and maybe the audience um how you work with your ego how do you work with your different various emotions and things that are coming up i mean for me i when i look at the two of you i feel like wow you're both so self-evolved but i'd love to hear yeah like just you know some reflections on that throwing back some of the questions you had for me like i just love for the like how you manage, um, because it's not always perfect, right? Life's messy. Mm-hmm. And there's things that, uh, even like, you know, you're in beautiful Costa Rica and who's right now you're in Holland, right? So, um, and starting a company and starting mine, it's not easy. I know because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> I just love like, yeah. Uh, just like hearing your thoughts and reflections on the process and like how it's been going and being, you know, two women that are kind of working on your own venture and mm-hmm. stepping outside the, of the box. Yeah. 
That's a good question. Um, it kind of, I mean, similarly to what we were just talking about, for me, it's a practice of the of the wholeness, right? So, it's reading, it's it's practicing yoga, it's it's being in the elements, but um, it can come up in so many ways. You know, it's being in community, sharing a lot with people. Like Luce is always such a, um, a wise and steady, like you know, just like having another point of view, right? So that community piece. Um, but just allowing, like truly allowing for, for full wholeness. Like uh, we moved out of our house the other, well, a few months ago, several months ago now. And I remember this is just a funny example. We were really fucking sad. And we had all these boxes around and I didn't want to pack. And I was like, I felt like a little kid. I was like, I'm going to throw a tantrum. And, and, and I was like, I can't, I was like, I, I don't want to move. And Luce was like, yeah, throw a tantrum. So I was, I mean, a re- crazy release of emotion, like literally stomping around the house. Like our friend was visiting. He thought, I don't even know what he thought was going on, but I just needed to throw a tantrum because I was pissed and sad that we had to leave the house. <laughs> and so just that, right? So it was a beautiful house, I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful house and beautiful things happened there. But again, it was like, that's two parts, right? So it's like full acceptance and surrender to the emotion. And then when there's space for it to be, then letting it go, right? So it's that balance between um, letting it be there. Um, I also love this. Uh, it's from A Path with Heart by Jack Cornfield. But there is this text that says, like, of course it's nice and teachers always say like, oh, let go and let it go and let it go. But sometimes you're not ready to let go. And so there's another uh, practice called let it be. And so and it's kind of the balance between those two things. And so whether it's moving or being, you know, in flux with trusting if, the, if what we're doing is going to work and all of that. It's like, okay, let it, let it, let it be there. Okay. And then if it's ready, when it's ready, it'll, it'll pass kind of that um, awareness of impermanence is like, all right. Just let it be there. It can be huge because it's going to change, right? So I think um, for me, those have been kind of the practices my, that are grounding me. And, um, and yeah, also the impermanence piece is, is continuing to be comforting sometimes, you know? Like, it's all good because it's all going to change. So whatever it is, the emotion could be, quote, positive or, quote, negative, but it's going to change. Um, so mm. I think those practices for me have been in the forefront for the last couple of years and definitely the last six months, year. Really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful how you describe that because when you're, you're, you're living a centered life, that doesn't mean that stuff isn't happening to you or you don't feel anything, you're not moved, right? So. For me, it's all about accepting that that life is is a movement. So you're always going to be influenced by the outside world. Like maybe it's a person, maybe it's starting a business, maybe it's being in Yemen during this crazy time, you know? So for me, it's about looking to your system, like really take a look into your system and say, hey, I am you call it the ego. I, I don't really like that word because there's a lot of negative um, thoughts around that. And for me, it's just we have a system and we are built up 
from experiences and those experiences we learn something from that and we we are holding on to certain stuff and if you look at your system and you know how it works so you know how you can return to your baseline and you know what your baseline is then you can see things for what they are and say hey this is a movement inside of me and now I'm my movement now is discomfort and where is it it's here all right and I have these practices to allow it to be there just what Hannah told you like having a tantrum I know that I cried that day too it's like all right just here it is you know like I, I have these emotions and because we allowed it because we knew we know our bodies so well our systems and also to to return to our baseline mm-hmm. then we can accept those emotions and let it be there and and not becoming attached and store it as a new experience and being afraid of leaving the next house because that feels so scary you know mm-hmm. so it's 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 all little different things but mainly it's about knowing yourself mm-hmm. well knowing how to move yourself and to move to rhyme with the outside world to rhyme with yourself and besides that having the steady practice of expanding your comfort zone so there is less of you being affected by by things so for example surf for me that's a that has been a very big challenge learning how to surf because i learned that there are some default um, systems in my in my experience while surfing that are very very un, un, uncomfortable like I, I stop my breathing i get stressed i get sick and a lot of stuff coming out and my heart is super blocked then i don't know why so it's it, it's a super clear mirror for me and i need to work on that and then and then i cry a lot on the surfboard and i'm like uh, <laughs> patting me on the back like stroking me. it's like it's okay just <laughs> just release release and it's not fun and it's not good and, and we're not all steady all the time but mm. it's a it's a lot about accepting and knowing yourself mm-hmm. it's yeah and everybody can do that because everybody has that space within themselves so this is a, our mission our calling mm. just to spread this 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 universal law i mean mm. it's it's biology yeah it's yeah. not yeah and it's science of, i mean yeah and part of our concept that we feel so um grateful to have kind of created in this way is that we do think of rhyming as this exchange of information so we definitely are not these people who've got it all figured out you know and um and they're uh, the the beauty of rhyming is that everyone has something figured out and so everyone needs to figure something out right and so when we come together in community and can just exchange that information and grow together and rhyme together and um, be parallel partners in that work and in that play um, that's I think what we've all experienced and what we experienced in Morocco you know that the three of us 100% I mean one thing like I love it like I, the few things you guys said like just about being okay with like being in flow and being okay with uncertainty um, I for me would just love like when I'm just thinking about healthcare and like you know, especially in the last couple of years, it's been really tough for healthcare, right? With with COVID and everything like this. But when I reflect on the system in which we work, even that system is is not healthy, right? And I feel like 
just even chatting with you guys and having this conversation, um, sometimes I'm a bit frustrated that, like, why can't we infuse some of this more deeply in some of the systems we work? Like, uh, they're broken, right? Like our healthcare system in, in the US, in Holland, in Canada, yes, they're some of the best in the world, but they're still not, there's just so much pain and like a lot of the stuff we're talking about there's some mining that needs to be done <laughs> for those people who are like creating these systems um mm-hmm. and i've just yeah i've been really reflecting on that too like you know one of the questions you brought up earlier of like how am i co-creating or like kind of envisioning i think vitala and the work i'm doing with vitala is a is my first step mm-hmm. towards a journey of like where i'm headed and um and I want to be able to do like what you guys are saying, that it doesn't need to be like what I loved about us in Morocco. Yes, I was there on vacation. And what I've observed of the two of you now and what you're creating with rhyming is that you're, um, a lot of people will need to escape their professional, like their life to go and do something else. And they do that for like, you know, a week or something and then come back to their life. But like, they're kind of like separate. Mm-hmm. What I love about what we're talking about is that you can, it can be intersected. Like you can be rhyming all the time. You know, it doesn't like, you guys are hosting this retreat, which is amazing because I think it's a way to get people connected. And I absolutely love retreats, but I can, I know what you're do, trying to do is it's not just that, right? It's like everything that's going to come after that and before mm-hmm. that, and that it can be a part of your life all the time. And that's what I, you know, that's what I feel like I want to impart too. like, mm-hmm. I don't want my personal practices of grounding like that be like separate and then mm-hmm. my work separate. Like how do you intersect mm-hmm. those? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Totally. Total. Yeah. 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 When I work with school teachers, I call it sneaky mindfulness because they're so busy and overwhelmed and especially these days. So I literally just started calling it sneaky mindfulness. But what it is is teaching them how to integrate mindful practices into their life. So like, hey, when you walk from the classroom to the copy machine, feel your feet on the ground, right? That's rhyming with Mm. your life because you're not sitting in this formal practice and then coming back to your life or going on a yoga retreat and then coming back into your life. It's, it's, it's a part of you. It's, it's returning to that wholeness and it's integrating rhyming into every moment of every day, right? And then it becomes innate because your brain changes and your nervous system learns. And that's, that's, that's what we're, you know, practicing and, and, and learning and and sharing. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yay. Thank you so much for this beautiful (sighs) conversation. And thank you for the work that you're doing. It's, um, not only super, uh, inspiring, but really, really important and, um, difficult and, um, yeah, your drive and your passion and your courage are just really seen and felt. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful for the two of you. And thank you for inviting me to have this conversation. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super pumped that we're connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay, same, same. Mm-hmm. So beautiful.